Welcome to the Swim Swim Breakdown. As always, I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, coming to you from Austin, Texas. We're joined by Swim Swim Editor-in-Chief Braden Keith from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Senior International Reporter Loretta Race from somewhere in Kentucky. (laughs) Yes, Northern Kentucky, outside Cincinnati, so basically Cincinnati. (laughs) From the Bengals Stadium. Yes, right. (laughs) All right, we've got a lot of hard-hitting news this week. Uh, So first off, biggest story of the week, I'd say Kyle Chalmers threatens to quit swimming over relationship rumors. We have, you know, seen all the news, all the tabloid media about this love triangle between Kyle Chalmers, Emma McKeon, Cody Simpson. Uh, They keep trying to, you know, run the narrative that Chalmers is salty or doing things to, I don't know, provoke them. (laughs) to upset them it's kind of it's kind of weird to me but um this 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 new addition to this narrative kind of asked the question um should athletes you know be more closed off about their personal lives kind of like kyle is saying or trying to do or should swimmers embrace the limelight because this is bringing a lot more attention to our sport than it would normally get i think i think we need to make a few things clear about this kyle chalmers situation First of all, all of these stories were from news outlets that are genuine tabloids and would not shy away from that. Not, you know, not kind of the, oh, that that outlet's a rag, blah, blah, blah. These are genuine tabloids that know exactly what they're doing when they run these kind of stories. Um, And the people who are reading them don't, for the most part, don't really care about swimming. They're, uh, they're just there. They're literally there to create this kind of kerfuffle. Um, and it's sort of unfortunate because Kyle threatening to quit swimming, the tabloids don't care. Their audience doesn't care other than the fact that it makes it even better for them. If Kyle quits swimming over what the tabloids run, that's better for the tabloids and the tabloid readers. Um, so to be clear, like by basically threatening to quit swimming, he has made this into more of a mainstream story. Um, so it's, you know, it's backfiring a little bit. Um, I think at the end of the day, the, this is going to come to a head. I don't know what the story is that's going to bring it to a head. This isn't it. But there will be a story that will bring this battle between athletes, specifically Olympic athletes and the media to a head. And there has to be some kind of a middle ground found, right? Because making up fabricated, again, which only the tabloids were doing, uh, making up these fabricated dramas be, for from love triangles is probably too far, right? But especially in a country like Australia, where taxpayers are funding Kyle Chalmers' training and most of the elite swimmers' training, you can't just sort of say, everybody has to say nice things about my swimming all the time, or I'm going to cut them out. And, and to Kyle's credit, it's he has always been open, right? He's always been willing to talk with us. Um, he doesn't shy away from questions we ask that are specific to swimming. So this is maybe not so much about Kyle, but the ecosystem as a whole, some of the responses from his peers on the topic who have who have almost tried to expand it beyond Kyle's original point, right? Like Kyle's original point is basically this personal stuff is too far. And a lot of people have latched onto that and tried to make it into a the media shouldn't criticize athletes. And it's just a reality that the 
professional level of sports will go away if that can't happen. If the media and the public cannot criticize athletes, professional sports will cease to exist. You can disagree with me. Anybody who wants to disagree with me can. Most of the people disagreeing with me, it's not because I'm wrong. It's because they don't like that feeling. Like that feels unhappy to them. But at the same time, like even while they're disagreeing with me, they're doing it, right? Like they're doing the same thing. It's just we're the target. If they disagree with what Kyle says, they're doing exactly what people are doing to Kyle that Kyle doesn't like. They're just doing it to to swim swim. Yeah. People thrive on whining and complaining and criticizing. And it's it's just the world we live in. And it's why people like sports. Um, well, and I, I think Kyle's whole thing in this particular scenario was that it, it was a complete fabrication in the sense that they blew it out of proportion. Okay, yeah, he was with Emma. Now he's not with Emma. Emma happens to be with Cody, like big deal. So I think. Okay, so yeah, maybe that happened, but the fact that it was spun into this, like, you know, split down the middle of the Aussie swim team and there are pro Cody people and pro Kyle, like, that's what his big hang up was, was the fact that he's like, okay, we're at the freaking Commonwealth Games and we're kicking butt and yet you guys are still honing in on this so-called love triangle drama situation, you know, with the three of us. And it was, it harkened back to the actual Aussie trials where, uh, when Matt Temple won the 100 fly, and yet when they interviewed Chalmers, they were still like, so what's going on with Cody? And are you going to give up your spot and blah, blah, blah. And like Chalmers at that time was like, okay, Matt Temple just took the 100 fly title. You guys are focusing on the wrong things. Like tried to set the story straight even back then, you know, a couple months ago. And so I feel like Braden's right that there is there is going to be um, a, 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 you know, a lens on athletes and their personal lives. But I think in this particular case, it's, it's way out of the mainstream and just someone totally just snowballing this into like a stupid drama, a stupid soap opera that that's what Kyle's beef is. Is like, well, and listen, and when you read Kyle's response, here's, here's what is interesting. And, and I'm not discrediting Kyle's feelings at all because from where he sits, I understand why he feels the way he does. This is not a Kyle Chalmers story. This is a Cody Simpson story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And Cody, I, I'm not going to put words in Cody's mouth and say that he, like thrives on this kind of kind of story, but he understands this world and has more experience mm-hmm. in this world. And he, he knows that that's what a lot of these industry industries run on like celebrities, literally the definition of celebrity is people being interested in their celebrity in their personal life. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's just comes with the territory for someone like Cody Simpson and there are love triangles and swimming all the time. Right. And most of the time, nobody cares. So this is actually a, a Cody Simpson story, not a Kyle Chalmers story. Yeah. 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 And so like you said, Braden, I'm sure it'll hit a tipping point it, 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 in some time in the future. But uh, for now, kind of an unfortunate situation for Kyle. But again, this is, you know, on the other hand, it's kind of cool that swimming is getting this much attention, albeit through a story that doesn't really have a lot of merit. And <laughs> uh, what did he go on to do? He just won the 100 freestyle. So, bam. Just won you the know. 100 free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it, I'm, I'm happy that Kyle is still competing and still competing at a very high level. But someone who is not, Adam Peaty misses the podium in the 100 breasts for the first time in nearly a decade. Petey's obviously coming off of a foot injury that had him out of the pool and missing world championships. Um, he was 58, nine in semis and then fell to 59, eight, I think, uh, in 59, nine, 59 high 
in uh, in finals, right? And was fourth place. So from your perspective, does this is this PD just getting back into racing, just kind of getting his legs under him, coming back from this injury? Or is this a sign that PD might be losing his edge? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I, you know, I never really bought into the project immortal. I, I think PD has injury or not has gone the best time he'll ever go in the hundred breasts and long course. Um, so to me, you know, it can be both of those things. I don't think he's going to be invincible anymore by the time Paris comes around, but I think he'll still be the favorite. Um, that's sort of my perspective on it. You know, I, I, the, 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 the British mentality right now is really interesting. Um, sort of as a dovetail to what we just talked about, they themselves have been publicly very, very negative lately. You know, it, it kind of doesn't matter what happens. They always have angry things to say. I, you know, I don't know what the right adjective is, but they always seem upset by what's going on in the, in, in the sport. Um, and I wonder if, if we're seeing a little bit of that at these Commonwealth games, you know, James guys comments to Adam Peaty, um, where this meet isn't that fast. It just isn't. It's not that fast. It's not that fast. And, and it's just like, it all kind of started with PD almost. I feel like this started with him, his accountability as I'm sure they'd like to refer to it. Athena when ISL was starting, you know, he was very vocally critical about Fina. He was, I'm never going to swim short course again. And then when ISL was paying him, it became, he was very, um, or he was on board with short course meters. And then when ISL stopped paying him, he was very critical of ISL. <laughs> um, and now, you know, he's back to being critical of FINA for the world championships in 2024 and that scheduling, which is a very different approach than the Americans have taken. The Brits seem to have had sort of side conversations and decided they don't like it. And that's going to be their united public front. I wonder how much of that is going to wear on these guys towards Paris. At some point, they're going to have to get excited about something in swimming again. I think if they want to sort of recapture the peak they've had. Um, so I, I worry a little bit about the culture that's going on there. Um, and I, I think that might be playing into some of the English results at the Commonwealth Games. Well, but I'm, I'm defending the British swimmers in the sense that they had Commonwealth games and they had your, they're going to have Europeans. So a lot of Americans did not have that big, obviously did not have that busy of a schedule. So, I mean, obviously they have us nationals, whatever, but so the British athletes themselves feel like they're going back to back to back and they're not getting these, you know, huge, huge blocks of training in, um, regarding PD specifically in his performance here, which I haven't written up yet. It is coming, but he said something like, I haven't felt the spark for the last two years. You can get burnout from the sport that you love. It's, we have to find the spark again. Okay. So I, I think we have to give the man some credit. I mean, he literally was hobbling around on one foot, you know, I mean, he, he broke a foot and in a breaststroke when your feet are like your main, like propulsion. Okay. Or a huge part of it in terms of kicking that water behind you. I mean, that's a huge deal. So the fact that he still went 59 high, you know, just weeks after hobbling around in a boot, whatever that custom cast thing was that he swam with, you know, that's, that's saying something. So I, I have no doubt. He, okay. I'm with you. I don't think we're going to see a 56. I just don't, I'm not, I'm on the train of immortal in the sense that he's already sealed his legendary status. He's always going to be known as British breaststroking. Like you're not going to be able to take that away from him. But in terms of times, I think is, I think getting into the 57 zone, I think is totally possible. And I think his ultimate aim is Paris 2024, and he has plenty of time to do that. I'm just really curious. Again, he went 58 in semis, and uh, and that would have been enough to win in the final. 
Right. And so I'm just really curious as to, he obviously went out fast and then that last 50 didn't go his way one way or the he other. Said the last 25, he had absolutely nothing in the tank. So he said for the last 25 mm. meters, like he was literally just, you know, lunging. <laughs> well, and that, that reads to me yeah. as, you know, when you're somebody like Adam Petey, you're so trained on, on one mentality of how you race. Right. Yeah, and, and yeah. that mentality is without training inter- interruptions. He learned how to race without training interruptions. And um, now he had a training interruption. So he probably went into that final with the mentality that he would go into a normal final. Whereas if he had kept his more semi-final mentality, which we've seen work out for him before, right? Remember the, his world record was set in the semi-final. Um, you know, maybe that would have worked out better for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're right, Coleman. Like he's, he's not done. I don't think we can say he's done, um, but between his comments about needing to catch a spark, um, you know, I, I he's got to figure something out. You know, it almost seems like the case, and and I don't think Brits have quite as much flexibility or options here, but I think if, he, if Petey was an American swimmer, he'd go train somewhere else starting this fall. Um, he'd, he'd find somewhere new to train. Um, that's how an American swimmer re- would react to this. But as a Brit, he doesn't have quite – as robust of a list of options it was one race i mean like one law yeah, i don't comments, think he's though but th- but his comments about needing to find a spark the way americans he knows what he spark. needs to do like you said he knows what he needs to do it was that well, it was he disgusting. says he knows what he needs to do the the future will tell us if he knows <laughs> what he needs to do but like that's how americans catch their spark right like we saw it mm-hmm. after tokyo all the swimmers who needed to find a spark to keep going towards paris they all went to new new programs. And I think that's a great point. Like, obviously, I do not think he will leave Mel Marshall. And that no, is that is how Americans would do it. And so it will be interesting to see if the if the sustained partnership will be as good as, you know, maybe a, a new partnership or a new coaching environment, training environment would be, which notably does not right. always work for in the US. <laughs> right. Correct. And it, you know, and it's not always when that happens, it's not always a critique of the existing coach. Like swimmers are humans, right? And anybody gets bored after 12 years of doing something. And, you know, sometimes you can yeah. take your coach with you, which is probably the best of both worlds. Go live in a new city with the same coach. But yeah, shout out to David Popovich. Um, all right. Next on the list. I, I don't know about you guys. This was a total surprise to me. World record women's 800 free relay. Uh, by I think a second, um, the Australian women just trounced everything. They won, they won the event at Commonwealth by 11 seconds, seven thirty nine twenty nine. They were, uh, two full seconds under their old Oceania and Australian record. Uh, Titmus drops the fastest relay split of all time. One fifty two eight. Do you think having as much clean water as the Aussies did had anything to do or, or, uh, less pressure than maybe a world champs or an Olympic games, um, helped them break this record. I think clean water definitely did. I think there's so many coaches, coach, swim coaches are all pseudo psychologists, right? Like anybody who's ever coached (laughs) swimming has made up some psychology in their life when they needed to, but this whole thing about like, Oh, well, they swim fast without competition. No, I think, I think a lot, if not most people swim better, when they're dominating. Um, I just think people feel better when you're Ariane Titmus and you hit that the water as the anchor 
and you're swimming knowing that nobody else in the pool is even in the same zip code as you, I think that feels amazing. Um, you know, I've only been able to do that a couple of times in my life, mostly in summer league, but like, that's the best feeling in the world. So I think open water definitely benefits them. Um, I, I thought this was a still a pretty soft world record because like when they broke it the last time we didn't expect it. Um, and I think the thing about this world record, and I mentioned this in the comments the other day, there was the, the golden generation of Americans in the 200 free American women when Ledecky and Allison Schmidt and Missy Franklin, and I think maybe Leah Smith was the fourth. We're all active and we're all swimming well, and they never got this relay together. Like they could never quite make everybody align to get the world record. And so in my head, it's not, you know, no world record is soft. Right. But this one was very breakable because, and I think the way it feels that way is because in her head, there was like a 739, 738 swim that never came together. Um, so now they have, they have lowered this world record to the point where it probably should be, um, which doesn't undermine their swim at all because it's, it's, it's easily as good as that American group probably could have ever hoped to go. So this is, you know, this is a true blue blooded world record akin to their world record in the 400 free relay, which is just mind bogglingly fast. Um, so I, you know, I think all of that is sort of went into it and it was surprising. We weren't looking for it, but you know, when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the formula of the swimmers that they put up, I wanted to see exactly what the, and obviously Titmus was anchor. I was looking at who the original, I was trying to look at what they compared to, to Tokyo and Titmus led off there. And obviously there's a lot more pressure in the Olympic games. You know, she had that humongous, you know, head to head with Ledecky a couple of times. So I think that part of it is that the Australia, like you said, knows they dominate the Commonwealth games. They know they're the big dog in the pool. And so it's easier to almost make things happen when they're riding that whole wave of momentum that they have the entire meet so far. And I think Titmus anchoring was key because I think, you know, like you said, nobody was even going to be close. So she could just swim like the wind and not even worry about like the implications. Like they knew they were going to win world record would have been a complete icy on the cake, which it was, but the other splits were not totally crazy, crazy, like unbelievably fast. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, Maddie Wilson was 156. Kia uh, Melotron was 155.4. And, you know, so those, oh, and O'Callaghan was 154.8, which is super duper solid. But besides Titmus's 152.8, I mean, that was obviously like the, the seal the, that sealed the deal for it and getting the world record was her anchor. So I think the key of her going from leading off in Tokyo and then anchoring combined with the fact that Aussie is just kicking butt, I think that was what did it this time around. If I'm, you bring up an interesting point about them being just generally the big dog at the Commonwealth Games. If I'm the UK um, and Australia, for people who don't know, does generally win the overall medals table, but most oh, yeah. of that gap over England is swimming. Um, like, so in, in 2018, they had <clears throat> 62 more medals than England did. Um, and a, some huge portion of that is swimming. But if I'm England, I'm trying to figure out why we can't catch the catch the Australians with twice the population? Even just England has twice the population of Australia. Um, I think, I think I, if I'm England and I'm looking at what meets am I going to focus on? I know they're hosting this year, so it's a little bit different. But going forward, if I'm looking at what events I'm going to continue to support financially in a big way, 
if I can't figure out how to compete with Australia, I'm looking at spending that money on more of a sort of structural change in my program, I think. It's hmm. an interesting point. Yeah. Uh, going back to the, <clears throat> to the relay record, like it's so easy for me to envision you cut two seconds off of Maddie Wilson's lead off. You add a second to Titmus's split. And it's like, that's a second off their world record right there. Yeah. And that's like, feasible you know it's like this yeah. the women's 200 free is this weird event where <clears throat> some people have gotten close to that suited world record the individual world record federica's 152.9 but like it's still people still put up times that are so far away from it that it's like if you can actually get four people to split 154 mid which which is a really really good split but it's not a crazy split like then that world record would go down even further so it is i like like you guys said it is kind of it's a great swim but it's still that record's still a little soft it's still it, it's there still feels like there's more there but uh does it feel but, like we're being really negative on today's show let's find something fun to talk about <laughs> Let's find something fun to talk about. Uh, Bobby Fink goes pro. Good for Bobby. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's forgoing the NCAA. Um, I don't I don't think this will lead to negative conversation. But I am curious if you think uh, in the NCAA it makes a difference if you're focusing on a World Champs or an Olympics or a, or a long course you know, uh, championship meet. Do you think it makes a difference if you're a sprinter versus being a distance swimmer? Um, I see his point, like in my head, it makes sense, but he rolled off of an NCAA season to win the Olympic gold medal in the 800 and the 1500 free. Um, you know, Katie Ledecky rolled off an NCAA season to win gold medals. I guess Simone Manuel did too. Did she, she didn't go pro before Rio, did she? Now she took a retro year though. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, like I, I get where he's coming from, but the anecdotal evidence <laughs> leaves me wondering if, if that's true or not. Like, because we just, in the U S we haven't seen a lot of great distance swimmers once they leave the college ecosystem, <clears throat> like they all seem to peak while they're still training in college and, that could be a lot of different things going on. Um, so Specifically I, I, on that I, I one, struggle to dispute the evidence. Well, I'm curious how much that comes into play the uh, underdog versus the defending champion mindset, right? Because that's all in that yeah. space as well. Yeah. Well, what were his reasons? I mean, what, what did he, did he, you know, what was the frame? So around? we could get a big training block without having to rest for NCAA's trials and worlds. Okay. Well, okay. yeah, like he wouldn't have to do mid-season and then SECs and then NCAA's. Okay. Like Which he is could like just... classic University of Florida, Greg Troy. We're doing a two-year taper cycle <laughs> kind of stuff, right? <laughs> well, like I mean, we, who, we, we don't taper for the world championships because we're preparing for the intergalactic championships. <laughs> 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 I mean, they do, you know, Florida always shows up hard to SECs, right? And they usually do pretty good at their midseason as well. But I mean, the SECs, like they seems like they taper two weeks for, um, which, you know, if I was focusing on 23 world championships, I wouldn't want to do that either. But um, I wonder if he will end up 
having some sort of focus meet, whether that's U.S. Open or a sectionals or are there even any other meets in March? I don't think so. I guess there's the pro swim. Oh, which is in Fort Lauderdale in March. Maybe he'll focus on that. All right. That's our news for today. So now it's time to play our favorite game. Let's do a little sink or swim. First up today on sink or swim, Shane Casas just rocked uh, the U.S. Nationals 50.4 in the 100 fly, 155.2 in the 200 IM, 48.3 in the 100 freestyle, I think. He was 48.4 in finals. Uh, so by your account, in, at the 2023 World Championships, will Shane Casas be swimming three individual events? I'm going to swim the crap out of this. Um, I remember Jason Kalanog telling me maybe when Shane was a freshman and he probably didn't want me sharing this at the time, but I don't think it, I don't think he'd care anymore. Um, he told me that like, I forget what, what the number was, but he was like, Shane could win six individual Olympic medals in the same Olympics. Like he, 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 he knew then how good Shane could be in so many different events so if anybody is not surprised and is definitely swimming this, it's Jason Kalanog. Of course, Jason isn't Shane's coach anymore, but um, whatever he's doing at the University of Texas is definitely working. I guess there's some question about um, whether there will be a regime change in Austin between now and then and what that does for Shane. But, you know, at this point, it's really just Shane in, if, if Shane can stay out of his own way. Um, I think by now we all know about the arrest before um, Olympic trials in 2021. You know, there's a lot of stories floating around from his time in College Station, but it's if he can stay focused, if he really wants this and is, wants to do the things he needs to do to get there, I think he could swim four or five individual events. Yeah, I, I'm swimming it as well. His 155 2IM totally blew me away. I was I knew he was fast, but that's phenomenal time. And then the fact that well, he was, I think, 50 low, 50 mid and the one fly and which I think is crazy. I don't even think he broke the Texas program record with that, by the way. I think that's like phenomenal. You know what I mean? That that's you can go that fast and then you still don't break the <clears throat> program's record. But so I'm still swimming it. I think he's going to just kick butt and he he can pick and choose the events because he's he's that, you know, multifaceted. In the Schooling. schedule, I think the new schedule broke to his benefit, right? Like it, it split up the 200 back and the 200 IM. Yeah, I, I think that's what I remember reading. Schooling's Texas program record lives to fight another day at 50.39. <laughs> Shane missed it by 100. Uh, Do they recognize the record he did in practice? Oh, God, <laughs> don't start. <laughs> you know they keep practice records. <laughs> Um, I, would. <laughs> I would too with some of the stuff they First, do the process practice. the process is why, why not keep records of the process <laughs> <laughs> i'm swimming this as well i think i think shane has four really legitimate events and the one back two back one fly and two i am and i think we will see him swimming three of those whichever three uh in fukuoka next year next up uh, another <laughs> opposite, uh, a long, longhorn turned Aggie kind of, uh, <laughs> Sam Stewart, who is now training with Texas A&M, uh, 156, nine at the college station futures and his 200 IM, 
Uh, so over the next two years, do you see Sam Stewart making any U.S. international team? Biggest swimming trade of 2022, Shane Costas for Sam Stewart. Um, <laughs> I'm going to swim it just because of the Pan Am Games World Championships. This is predicated – I think this is predicated on USA Swimming splitting those teams and attending both meets. Um, I think he can get a top four spot in the 200 IM and make the Pan Am Games team uh, next year. I'm swimming it as well. That's too good of a time to count him out entirely. So I do feel like once you break that 157 barrier, I think you're in an, a, like a different echelon of talent for the 2IM. So I, I think it'd be very, very shocking if he did not make uh, one of the international squads. Especially, I think Michael Andrew might be done with the 200 IM after Shane's time. I think that might might be Michael might take that as his sign to to focus on the hundred breast and the fifty breast or fifty free and the hundred fly. Yeah, that yeah, could be possible. Well, and plus with the new Olympic schedule, I think two IM and fifty free are a direct conflict, yeah. and so that doesn't really work out. I will swim him making a team as well. I threw that in there just because you have the Pan Ams, you have the two thousand twenty two two thousand twenty four. Excuse me world champs you have the 2022 short course world champs it's like there's there's a lot of opportunities so i would think he'll make at least one okay surprise sinker swim will michael andrews swim 200 im at 2024 olympic trials i'm gonna swim it at olympic trials and i'm gonna sink it at olympic games really see i'm gonna sink it i i think <sighs> if he is gonna go all in on like the 53 uh, like you said i, I there's no more you have to absorb every ounce of energy possible. It's such a yeah. fine line. Yeah, but you know how they are. I know. I just, right, everyone's going to enter 12 events and scratch all but two. Like, That's I think Michael's going to want to drop it. And I think Tina, T so Tina has always wanted Michael to be an IMer. Like, that's her dream. I think Peter has too. Yeah, I think Peter has too. So, like, that's that's the only reason why I'm not sure they'll be able to give it up. Because I think I, I think in their minds, and probably rightly so, and I don't know why we talk don't talk about this more. That's like the decathlon of swimming. It's the 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 greatest athlete in the world because you can yeah. do all four strokes. I want it really so badly. <laughs> I I truly believe he has he has a one fifty four low in him, and if he can summon it, then then I think he should swim it. But it's so hard to give up his position in the 50 free right now worldwide too, that it's like, you know, he, he is a, obviously a very legitimate metal contender and yes. that, and to give that up for the 200 IM, which I think is just more risky for him. It's like, it's for uh, I'd but. rather see him challenge Shane in the hundred fly than Shane in the 200 IM. Um, and especially if Caleb Dressel retires between now and then. <laughs> Dude. Oh, you just had to. Oh, update for our audience. We still don't know what's happening with Caleb Dress. <laughs> you just and we have asked. We have asked everybody. His agent <laughs> is basically just he'll tell the world when he's ready to tell the world. Got it. That's that. All right. Last sink or swim today. Josh Matheny had a breakout U.S. Nationals winning his first national title in the 100 breast 59-4. Do you see him winning an NCAA title this year? Uh, I see him having a really great season. I could see him going a 49. I don't think he's going to win because I just think Max McHugh has got those title, that title unlocked for as long as he wants to have that title. Um, and Casper Corbeau seems like a, 
out of control freight train right too. So <laughs> if I'm taking, uh, if I'm taking, uh, Matheny or the field, I will take the field all day, every day. Hmm. Okay. I'm swimming it because I'm just a believer in the underdog right now. And so that's why I'm going for <laughs> the year of the underdog. But that's I like oh, <laughs> short, short course. I, I just don't see it for him in the hundred yet. I think Max, Max has a great shot. I think Casper has a great shot in the 200. I totally forgot about him until 30 seconds ago. You got Leon Marchand who, if he wants, he can have any NCAA yeah. title he wants basically. So um, I'm sinking it. I, I think he'll have a great year. All right. So which is more it. likely, which is more likely that Josh Matheny catches Max McHugh in short course or Max McHugh catches Josh Matheny in long course. Mm. Mm. Josh Matheny catches Max McHugh in short course. Yeah. That one. <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> 